Welcome back, everyone. It is the Rich Webster Show, episode four. I got an exciting one for everyone today. So if you haven't already, you're going to want to go back and listen to part one. So this is a two-parter on the story of me working with my business coach, Chris Doe. And we've actually done nine sessions together. And as I was going through it, I realized, okay, there's more content here than I can cover in one um, one hour or less long podcast. So I've been working with Chris since November of 2020. And if you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and do that. Um, part one is roughly split into me talking about the insights that he shared with me around my agency and building kind of a creative business. And those sessions ran from November 2020 to March 2021. Then this week, I really am going to spend most of the time talking about building a personal brand and the insights that Chris gave me on creating products online, sharing my story, and just building uh, an audience on social media. So these are going to cover the sessions that we did together from April 2021 until November 2022. So I guess that's a period of roughly... I don't know, 20 months or something like that. And it basically follows the journey from <laughs> zero posts and zero followers on social media to where I was in November 2022, which was at about 100,000 Instagram followers. Now, when I did my very first session with Chris, um, one of the things that he makes me do, and you know, if you ever book with him, he asks you to come up with three questions that you need help with or that you want to solve. And for me, the three questions that I had on my first session all the way back, which was November 2020, were one, advice on scaling my design business, number two, advice on hiring talent, and number three, advice on creating passive income from design. And uh, yeah, the first three sessions really covered those first two topics. You can listen to that. And then we're going to really talk about my interest in creating what I described at the time passive income from my design skills. And uh, I, I learned a lot about <laughs> there's no such thing as passive income really over the course of this process, but that was what I wanted or what I thought I wanted at the time. So one of the questions I got before we get started was, you know, I had nine hours of recorded sessions and everyone was asking me, did you go really go back and listen to nine hours of your coaching calls? Like, isn't that a lot of time? And uh, I'll tell you the process that I actually went through to do it because it was kind of interesting and I figured it out as I went. Um, so number one, I used a piece of software which is called Clean Voice, which uh, generates automatic transcriptions. You have to pay for it. I think I spent about $20 to generate uh, AI transcriptions for the entire nine hours of sessions. And then what I did was I went through and I read the transcripts rather than listening to the episodes. I can read much faster than I can listen. You could have also potentially done a 2X speed recording. But I also had the benefit, um, one of the things I talked about in the first part of this podcast was how important it is if you're gonna do a coaching session to come in prepared and have your notes ready. And I had notes for every single session that I did here. So that was extremely helpful to help me get into the mindset of like, where was I going into this lesson? What was I thinking about? And then Chris would also send me his notes after the session. So between the transcripts, my notes and Chris's notes. And I also experimented briefly with using AI tools to summarize <laughs> the lessons didn't go very far. Um, I tried ChatGPT and Notion AI and I was not impressed. 
but maybe other people have better luck with that. So the secret to listening to nine hours of content is number one, have good notes, and number two, transcribe it and read instead of listening. All right, where we left off on this journey, let's get right into it. After the first three sessions with Chris, I had made a bunch of changes to my agency uh, based on the lessons and frameworks and things that he taught. And really the biggest unlock that I felt like just blew things wide open for me was the delegation stuff uh, and the lessons that I learned there. And you can listen to me talk all about what those lessons were. But after three sessions, I was down to 6.5 hours a week running my agency. As you all know, I track my time. Um, and in the three weeks before the session that I'm going to talk about with Chris now, I worked respectively 6.5 hours one week, 12.5 hours the previous week, and 10 hours the week before that. Um, so I was basically averaging less than 10 hours a week running the agency, and that delegation stuff was really the final piece of the puzzle because I had gotten insanely efficient. But once I really figured out the delegation, that's what took things to a whole new level. So going into this session, you know, I updated Chris on you know what was going on, and uh, this was this session was April 2021. I told him about the agency, things were going great, you know, it was making money, clients are happy, um, team is working really well, and I wanted to start to go down this rabbit hole with him of what's next. Uh, I now have some serious, serious free time available to think about what's next. You know, the question that I asked was, do you have advice on creative passive income from design? And the thing I was struggling with and thinking about was, how do I want to reinvest all of this new free time that I have? Obviously, you know, I don't want to work 40 hours a week, but if I do 20 hours of work a week, um, how do I want to reinvest this time? So do I want to double back down into my agency and say, okay, maybe I can scale this thing to a million if I double up my hours again and double my book of business? Or do I want to expand into a different area? And I knew one way or the other, I wanted to do a little bit of something else, hopefully something that was a little bit <laughs> a new challenge. And I wanted to talk with Chris about that. And I think the key thing that we realized was that I wanted to build something that would provide two benefits to me. Number one is diversification. And when I say diversification, it means really just managing risk and creating another stream of income that is not dependent on my other business. Now, one of the beauties of having an agency or a freelancer style model is that it provides diversification as compared to a job. With your job, you have one employer, all of your risk is <laughs> bundled into that one employer. And if they fire you, you're basically out of luck. And as we've seen recently, you know, your job is not really a sure thing, even at some of the most prestigious companies in the world. So that's why I don't love traditional employment and the way that it's structured. You know, with an agency or with freelancing, we have diversification. So we have multiple clients. So if you lose one client, you're never totally out of luck. But I wanted to add in another element of diversification that was completely separate. So let's say the agency goes away 100%. Somehow, I don't know, all the clients fire me or we figure out an AI machine that can replace me 100%. Don't think that's going to happen. 
and uh, I wanted a different avenue, right? And the other thing, in addition to diversification, was I wanted to create something that is leveraged. And at that time, I was using the term passive income because I heard that buzzword and I'm like, oh, I just want to make passive income. You know, I want to do work and then get paid forever from it. And I don't like that word anymore. Um, what I think more now is creating a business that has leverage and specifically leverage that comes from building assets. So creating things that reward you more than once, something you can build once and sell twice. Because the downside to the service business model, even if you have productized it, is the only leverage you have is really from other people. Because with an agency or freelancing, you do the work and you get paid. And the second the work doing stops, your payment stops. Now that's a, not a bad thing. I think it's actually a really, really great business model, but that is the downside. And once you get to the point where I was, where you know I was doing over half a million dollars a year in 10 hours a week, I wanted to figure out what could be an additional option that might be more aligned with my long-term goals and how I want to live. So that is all the context behind what I wanted. And the only idea I had going into the session with Chris was one, passive income, whatever that means. And I had this idea for what I called quote, productivity for designers. <laughs> now, I don't know, this was potentially going to be a course or a book or an idea or a concept. And it was really just going to teach how I run my business, you know, how I think about productivity as a designer. And that was the only idea I had going into this and in that maybe I wanted to sell a course online for like $500 for the course. And that was it. And we had a long conversation about it and we kind of talked through all of these things, talked about passive income, talked about growing a business. And I think there were really two steps that Chris said I needed to go down if I wanted to pursue this route. And the way that I phrased it, you know, to my coach was, and I actually wrote this down. This is a direct quote. If you were me and I was going to commit 10 hours a week over the next month, to executing on something new with no commitment, what would you recommend? So I was basically saying, Chris, tell me what to do. I have an extra 10 hours a week that I wanna work because I don't, <laughs> not trying to work 40 hours a week, but I have 10 for my agency and 10 for this. What would you do? And Chris really gave me two steps that he recommended. And I think these are probably the steps that I would recommend to anyone who is thinking about trying to build a business that is centered around their thinking and creating content um, or educating or anything like that. So step one, which in hindsight is so elegant and clear, but I was not even on my radar at all, was he was, so he said, step one, start writing. And the first thing I should do is to get a piece of paper blank and write out a one page outline of your big ideas. So whatever that is for you, whatever it is, is it your story? Is it your work philosophy? Is it whatever you want to teach about? And for me, you know, I was writing about business, but this could be different for anyone. You know, if you want to create a business about gardening, you would probably write about, you know, your personal stories and ideas around gardening. Um, because the key to all of these businesses is you need to share your unique idea. And the thing that 
really differentiates you from anyone else is the fact that you, you are you online. Because let's be real, there are always gonna be a million places to get 10 productivity hacks. But when you can tell your personal story and your personal take on it or a framework that you created for yourself, that's when people are interested. So Chris called this the power of thinking. And he wanted me to take a blank page piece of paper and just write down a one page outline. So fill out all of your key ideas, write everything and just do a brain dump and just start to get into the habit of writing on a regular basis. And then for each of these key ideas, he wanted me to then take that idea and expand it out into bullet points. And what he is really doing here is giving me an outline for starting to share my thoughts online. So for each idea, then you, you know, have sub bullet points. And the thought would be that each of these bullet points could be an idea for a potential piece of content or something to share online. And from this kind of branching web, you end up with a ton of content ideas. All right, step two, and I'll, I'll tell you this direct from Chris. This is a, a quote. He said, step two, Instagram is a writer's platform, believe it or not. If you use the carousel, just become a master of the story beat. You know, each frame is a little phrase. Um, use each frame and you'll be fine. So Chris says, create a document and number it one to 10 and write your story in 10 sentence blocks. So what Chris wanted me to do, step two, is to start writing online. And he didn't necessarily say it had to be Instagram, but for my type of writing, he thought it was the best platform to start with. Now, the key here is you really can pick any platform to start with, but he said Instagram. And he said, take this document that you put together and write an Instagram post every single day. And the only goal here up front is to just publish every day and to get into the habit of creating content and into the habit of writing. Um, so Chris's two pieces of advice were, you know, I asked if I do 10 hours a week, what would you do? Number one was create this one page outline. And number two was start to post every day on social media. So that's where we left things. And then in June, 2021, I followed Chris's advice and I published my first post on Instagram. This was a milestone for me because prior to that, I really did no social media at all. I had built my entire agency through, I guess, old school or traditional word of mouth and relationships and referrals and things like that. I was never getting clients from social media, so I honestly didn't have that much experience with it. But I took his feedback and I said, all right, I will just commit to posting every day and see what happens. So I, I published my first post on June something, 2021. And then um, after about two months of posting, Chris and I got back together and we had our next session. And the next sessions really cover about a period of 18 months. So in July, 2021, I had been posting 60 times. Um, I was networking, commenting with people, you know, following other productivity accounts. I was kind of in the productivity design niche. I would say that those are the two areas where I was interacting. And uh, I went from about zero to 800 followers in that time period. And the challenge I was running into, not surprisingly, was that growing at this period was insanely hard. I found it really, really painful and such a grind and such a slog. <laughs> and um, it was tough. And what was strange was the 
that I was noticing was the I, things and the pieces of content that I thought were going to be really good and were going to perform really well did not resonate with people at all. And the things that sometimes I felt like, oh, I just phoned this in just to get the post out today ended up <laughs> doing really well or going viral. And I think that was a really interesting insight that kind of leads into the steps that Chris shared with me in this session. And I'm, I'm just going to break this thing out. I call this Chris's steps to growing your personal brand. And it's really kind of just a checklist and I'll go through them one at a time. So Chris Doe's steps to growing your personal brand. Number one, pick one platform. There is no reason that if you're just starting and trying to grow an audience online that you should be posting anywhere other than one platform. I really feel like unless until you get to like maybe even 100,000 followers on any platform, your time is always better spent doubling or tripling or quadrupling down on that single platform rather than trying to expand. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that tell you the secret is content repurposing and casting a wide net. Um, my experience has been the opposite, that early on, it is much more important to really understand your primary platform and the nuances of it um, rather than, you know, try to go cast a wide net and post the same stuff everywhere. And don't get me wrong. I, I tried to do that because it sounds great. It sounds easy, right? Create one piece of content, share it 10 places. You grow everywhere. It doesn't happen that way. You don't end up growing everywhere. So step two from Chris was to post on it every single day. And in a lot of ways, this is the most important point is that you need to post consistently every single day for a very, very long period of time if you want to see results. I posted every single day on Instagram for over a year. I don't think I really missed a day until maybe sometime in that second year of posting. Okay. Number three is experiment and see what works. And your job early on when you're growing online is to put on your scientist hat or your experimentation hat and to always be testing and always seeing what works. I would say probably 75% of my followers over the course of the last two plus years have come from experimentation and then finding a trend or hitting on something that really works well and then going deep on it. Um, so I saw this happen multiple times. First example would be when I switched my content format to the uh, Twitter thread style where I went from really highly designed posts to the thread style, um, which was working insanely on Instagram maybe a year ago. It's still how I do my posts, but I went through this period where I switched that style and my likes and impressions and everything basically 5X'd overnight. And I grew probably to 100K on the strength of that experiment alone. And then again, I gained probably another 100K when I started posting animated reels because I saw that those were performing well, um, did some testing on that. And yeah, they went viral and that was really good. So step three is to experiment and see what works. Step four is to get good at writing. Now, this is advice for every single social media platform, believe it or not. Um, I think the number one most unrated social media tool is understanding how to write and to write compellingly. And if you want to learn how to write well on social media, I recommend checking out <laughs> Twitter, honestly, or X. I think the best writing is probably happening on there. And to read books around copywriting and uh, just writing in general. This is such an important skill. I think my writing has improved 100x from 
when I started on social media to now, and you learned so much about it. And it's just a skill that's going to pay you back in all areas. And I think Chris feels the same way. All right. If you want your content to perform well, one of the things Chris recommends is this is step five is say things that challenge norms. Now, does this does not mean you have to go online and be controversial or be edgy just for the sake of being controversial. But if you want people to interact with your content and you want people to follow you, you need to have an opinion or a point of view that someone can agree with or disagree with. The content that does not perform well is the content that everyone agrees with. So one of those big pieces of advice around writing content from Chris was that you need to say things that actually challenge your norms. All right, let's see, we're on step six now, I believe. Yeah, step six, this was one I, I learned the hard way, was your presentation is actually really important. And going into maybe our like two months or three months in, uh, Chris was like, listen, dude, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> your profile picture is terrible. <laughs> maybe you can go back in my internet history and find my old profile picture, but I had this really weird like cropped out screenshot with a purple background and it was like me in a suit. It, it looked nothing like my profile picture now, but he was like, listen, people make a decision about whether they want to follow you and whether they trust you and what they think about you in under a second. Our brains are just wired that way. So he was like, you need to spend some money, get a photo shoot done, get a new profile picture and update it and make sure that across all mediums, you know, you're a design guy, you're a branding guy, make sure that you present yourself well and that everything is consistent. So your profile picture matches your bio, matches you know your content and your branding and all that stuff is really consistent so people don't feel like you know there is a disconnect next piece of advice step seven zero to one thousand is the hardest journey on every platform and the place where i see most people give up every follower that you get from zero to one thousand is going to be the hardest followers that you ever earn they are all hard fought and this is what Chris had to say about this. This was his quote. He said, every person that makes a decision to follow me, he's talking about me, Rich, is basically saying, I'm an early adopter. Once you have a couple of zeros next to your name or the comma, it becomes easier to just follow and say, I trust this person. And that is so true. You know, when you're growing your personal brand early on, I was really discouraged by, you know, I felt like it was going really slow and, you know, I, I thought my content was good. Spoiler alert, it actually wasn't, but I felt like it was good and I was disappointed by how long it was taking to grow. And once you hit that thousand mark, do not, do not give up from zero to a thousand because it gets easier and easier. Now I'm at the point where I have six figures followers and sadly, it's just the way the world works. I don't really have to try as hard as I used to um, because people will just follow you because they see that other people followed you. And they're like, oh, well, if 200,000 people like this guy, um, it's a no-brainer for me. Whereas if you have 500 followers, you really have to to say something that connects with people and, and really earn that follow. All right, last two pieces on the Chris steps to growing a personal brand. So you go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven steps. And then the last two are once you've hit a thousand followers, and then you want to start thinking about your next steps. And the final two steps of the piece, which we'll talk about is creating an email list. So 
extracting your audience from the platform because you do not own your platform. So you want to have an email list and you want to start collecting emails because your social media account is not an asset. Your email list is an asset. It's a list of people that like you, trust you, follow you, and would potentially buy from you. And then last step, step nine, is to test a product. And we will talk a lot about testing a product as we go on. So Chris and I reconvene in December of 2021. That is six months since my first post online. At that point, I have gone from zero to 13,500 followers. I've earned a whopping total of $2,000 online for my personal brand. I started the email list, like Chris said, and we kind of set a goal together for the end of 2022, so basically one year from there, uh, to hit 30,000 followers in the next 12 months. So from 13,000 to 30,000. Spoiler alert, I got more than that. And at this point, one of the things that I was really struggling with was I was posting content about productivity, a little bit about business, um, but I didn't necessarily understand what my niche was and what my point of view was and what my story was. And Chris gave me some really, really good advice for naming my brand and thinking about how to tell my story that you all will see <laughs> is still relevant today. So like I mentioned early on, you know, the brand in my brain was like productivity for designers or whatever. And as I continued to grow and see what posts were resonating with people and what weren't, you know, I was really in the productivity and design niche. But Chris said, listen, this is going to limit you. When you brand yourself as, you know, productivity for designers, it inherently limits the amount of people that you can help. And what you're talking about, in my opinion, or in Chris's opinion, was something that is broader than just for designers. And he was actually going through a really similar situation where he felt like he had kind of inadvertently created this niche for himself where, you know, he, people associate him with designers and he has this you know membership called the pro group which you can check out if you're interested just go to i think just google the future f-u-t-u-r pro group and in the pro group there were a lot of designers but they actually have materials for anyone who sells any kind of service and it's not just about selling design it's any kind of service business so that was definitely top of mind for him and one of the things that we talked about was how to structure a brand name and a title in a way that makes sense and structuring the name of your business after the value that you provide to people. And it's funny, I actually still have this email. After this session, maybe a week later, I sent him an email and I was like, I got the name. It's how to work less. And that was <laughs> obviously, as you know, now that's the name of my course and my website and my brand. But we went through this process where he was like, go online, start on going on Amazon or check out Google or YouTube and look at how the best selling titles of books are written and brands and see what resonates to people. And the big piece of advice was to shift it from thinking about me all right, and what I do to the value that I provide to people. So this example he gave me was like, hey, at Carl's Jr., which is this burger chain, they have their $6 burger and it's called the $6 burger. But the point is that the burger actually only costs $3.50. So you're basically saying you're getting a $6 burger for $3.50. And 
he said you need to think about breaking down your thesis into something that is valuable to other people. And as we kind of proceeded, maybe a month after that, after I came up with How to Work Less, this was really crystallized for me, when we went online to do a clubhouse together. Now, <laughs> if you go back in the internet history, you know, a year and a half ago, there was this platform called Clubhouse that was insanely popular for a while. And Chris had, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on there. And Clubhouse was basically a place where you could talk with just audio only and there were no recordings. And we had scheduled the time to do a Clubhouse together, which was really kind of my first, other than Instagram, big public speaking type of thing. And he was like, all right, if we're going to do Clubhouse together, I want you to come up with some names for what your session is going to be called and kind of what the... <laughs> what it should be called and what's the benefit. And so I go through this list with Chris and our first name I come up with for the clubhouse is five productivity hacks for designers. And he's like, next. And then I go, why you should spend money to buy time. He goes, next. And then I go, how to say no. Next, why we're all pretending to work. Next, redesigning your business for profit. Next, and then I go, how I work 10 to 15 hours a week as a six-figure designer. And he said, boom, that's it. That's your title. And in a lot of ways, this was the key lesson in me understanding how to present my value and my business to everyone. And I'm going to tell you exactly what Chris said here because I thought these notes were so important. He said, that's the one people are going to tune into because it has the benefit baked in and has just a little bit of like, what, is that possible? And it's spoken very simply. It doesn't have any jargon in it. It's like how I work five to 10 hours a week and make six figures. There you go. Now, one thing that he said is he want, I want you to now take this information. This all happened on the fly on our call. And he said, I want you to make a tweak to your Instagram bio. Okay. I want you to change it. And I want you to say, you know, how does this benefit the other person? So, you know, you can build a six-figure business working 15 hours a week and reframe it from, you know, the benefit that I have gotten to how I can help other people and say, you know, how you can work 10 hours a week making six figures. And in a lot of ways, this one short conversation really framed how I talk about <laughs> my entire business and what I do now. So it's just such a key distinction. And it really came down to understanding that when you talk about yourself, it's not important. Like people don't care who you are at all, really. What they care about is how you can help them and how what you know can make their life better. And as I learned to reframe that and started writing my content that way, it was a massive, massive unlock. So we did the clubhouse. It was really cool. I was <laughs> super nervous for it. You can actually listen to the recording. If you go to my website, howtoworkless.com and click on free stuff at the top and enter your email, you can listen to that clubhouse recording from back in the day. I think most of the insights and lessons are still 100% relevant. And a lot of them went on to be in my course, but that's that. So let's jump ahead to the next session, which was in March of 2022. Uh, nine months since my first post ever. And at this point, what had happened was I was up to 18,500 followers on Instagram. My email list was up to 1,250, uh, 12, so 1,250. And the two big deliverables that I had put together was I'd finally launched my website, howtoworkless.com. 
and I had published a document which was a long time in the making called the Work Less Manifesto. It's still on my site if you're interested in that. It's not very long, uh, but it was just the philosophy behind how I think about work and productivity and business and things like that. And going into the session, I think the main thing that I was struggling with and wanted to talk with Chris about was I wanted, I felt like I had a big enough audience and an email list where I wanted to test out what a product would be and kind of share that with, with the world. So what I learned from Chris in this session was something that I end up telling other people all the time. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they want to start selling something online, whether it's a course or a digital product or whatever. And Chris taught me how to validate a product. And if you do not listen closely to this, I promise you, you will end up wasting a lot of time. So I knew at this point I was ready to teach a course. Um, and what Chris recommended was that when you sell a digital product or a course or some kind of education thing, you do not want to build everything all at once and then try to sell it. He told me the story about this guy that he knew that had this idea for a course. He went, he rented out a studio, spent like six figures an entire week recording all the lessons, all the modules. And, you know, he finally got the sales page up and running and he sold like two copies of his course after investing all of this money into this into this product. And the lesson here is that you do not need a finished product in order to validate it. And one of the recommendations that Chris had, and I ended up doing a similar version, but not exactly this, but I think this is useful for people. Um, some of the ways that you can pre-test a product is number one, I see this on Twitter a lot, is to do a pre-order or a pre-sale. So before you build the product, you come up with an outline, a concept, the promise, what it's all gonna be about, what people can expect, and you say, hey, this is on pre-order. So I'm gonna give you a 50% discount, and you'll sign up, and then in a month, once it's delivered, I will sell it to you. The beauty of this is that if people are not interested and you only sell like two of them, you don't have to spend all the time building this thing that it turns out people are not interested in. <laughs> and all you do is you refund the money to people, you say, hey, I'm so sorry, you know, give them something nice for their trouble and for supporting you, and you're off the hook. So I think pre-order and pre-sale with that condition is a really good way to validate a product. Other way that you can do it is what Chris calls the workshop test. And his thought here is that rather than working for 100 hours to record a course and no one buys it, you create a workshop. And he says, you know, create a one to two hour workshop for $49. And there's a great book about this. It's called The Workshop Survival Guide. Highly recommend it. Um, if you want to go down this route. And the idea is that you do a workshop or a small group to test and validate your ideas. And you create a one-page outline with three learning outcomes. And you say, in one hour, I'm going to teach you these three things. And you're able to see what resonates, what doesn't, and get testimonials. And this is something that Chris actually does with his business with pre-launch all the time. So if there's not enough interest in even the workshop version of a product, they just refund everyone and they don't develop it or they know, hey, we need to make some tweaks in order to you know, readjust the product. And this was kind of the route that I went down a little bit in terms of cohort one of how to work less my course. 
And I took Chris's advice here because at this point I had an idea for what I wanted to teach people, basically my productivity framework and my thoughts around it. And I did what was essentially a beta version of the course where I taught the curriculum live and I didn't have everything built before I created the sales page and pushed it live. So what I did have was an outline. I had all of my concepts. I knew exactly what I wanted to teach and I had a sales page, but I wasn't gonna design you know, over a thousand slides and put together all of the final, final materials until I knew that people were interested in it. So I did a week long sales uh, week and opened it up letting people know, hey, this is the first time I'm teaching it. This is beta pricing. 13 people for $799. Now we're coming up on cohort five of this course and it's $2,500. So things have changed. Obviously we have insane testimonials and a lot of people have gone through the course and they all love it. So we've been able to continue to iterate and raise the prices and get feedback and stuff. So 13 people signed up for cohort one, my beta test of how to work less. And it was so, so important that I did this. And the reason why was what I learned from the beta test. First of all, I really only wanted to teach this course live initially um, so that I didn't have to spend all the time pre-recording it. And what I really learned was the live cohort model was really, really effective for getting my students results. Now, there are always going to be people who are like, listen, I don't want to show up live. I'll just watch the replays. That's totally fine. We always have people like that every cohort. But what I've noticed is that the people that come to the sessions live, they actually get all the material. They do the homework. They engage with it. They engage with me. They participate. And their businesses do way, way better afterward. So what was initially supposed to be just a one-round live performance of this before you know I created it as potentially a pre-recorded thing turned into this business that is built around the live sessions. And that's been an interesting kind of thing as I have honed the curriculum and changed things and updated it and added materials. Um, and something that we're kind of always thinking about is balancing the live experience versus um, you know allowing people to study and learn at their own pace. Because there is obviously a downside, which is that you know if you have a live course you got to show up during the time when it happens. And I only teach this course three times a year. Other insight that I learned, which would not have been possible without Chris, if I had just gone and recorded this thing live, the most hilarious thing is I would have had to redo the entire thing. Because what I learned was while people were interested in the productivity stuff, they were obsessed. They loved the business lessons that I had in there. So for cohort one, I taught 12 lessons live. And I had these lessons on you know, communication with clients and with business and on building leverage and delegation and systems and stuff like that. And those were the things where people were like, oh, wow, like this is what has really changed the game. And based on the feedback from the students in the beta test, we changed the positioning of the course completely. I actually removed some lessons, added them as bonuses, added systems lessons, profit lessons, increase the price, change the entire positioning. And if I had done this beta course, I would have had to redo all of this worse if I work if I hadn't done the beta. So that was the session. And then let's fast forward to the next Chris Doe sesh, which was in November 2022. And this was the final session that we have done. So I actually have, believe it or not, one more session with Chris that I'll probably schedule in the coming months. 
And don't worry, I will record another one of these afterward. And I'll give you an update on you know what he tells me and what his thoughts are. But we reconvened after this beta course based on his advice on validating a product. And I just can't overstate enough how important it is to do the validation. You will put in so much unnecessary work if you don't do it. So I highly, highly recommend if you're going to sell a product online to either do a pre-sale or to do a workshop test or to do a beta test or just something like that to save yourself some time. Um, Because the changes between cohort one and two, or even comparing now like cohort one to cohort five, they're two totally different products after I've been able to learn from people and get feedback and iterate and improve. Um, So November, 2022, where I was with my business, I was over 100,000 followers on Instagram, which was awesome. Um, Basically had posted every day up until that point and 12,000 people on my newsletter and I had taught two cohorts. Um, and like I mentioned, the big insight here and one of the things I was talking about with Chris was this huge change based on student feedback between cohort one and cohort two. Whereas in cohort one, you know, 11 students or 13 or whatever, I, 13, um, I ended up making $11,000 um, from the course. And it was really more of a holistic, personal productivity, personal development thing. And from that lesson, I learned, oh, people want to hear me talk about business and how I run my business. So cohort two comes around and I end up getting 65 people to sign up because I changed the positioning of the course and I changed the the structure. So I kept some of the lessons, I adjusted some of them, and I now talk about transforming your business into a lifestyle business. So how you can design your business if you're self-employed into a business that works for you instead of you working as an employee in your own business. And we actually end up doing less lessons to deliver better results. So in cohort two, 65 students, it did somewhere between 70 and 80K, which is awesome. And now cohort five is happening on September 4th. Make sure to get on the wait list for that. If you're interested, learn.howtoworkless.com. So going into this final session or the most recent session I did with Chris, which is about six months ago. Um, I wanted to talk to him about how I can kind of better improve the experience with my students. Now, Chris has been a college professor at Art Center College of Design for decades. Obviously, he's made his entire business the future teaching people. And I wanted to ask him, like, how can I better help people learn these lessons and to internalize them and like where am i where am i missing out on this and he gave me two frameworks about teaching which i think about all the time and that we incorporated into the curriculum and that i think are really really cool so lesson number one that he taught me was this framework called the i do we do you do (laughs) framework and it's really a way to teach people how to learn something and to remember it and to actually take action on it And it is literally as simple as it sounds. So I do is I demonstrate it. Number two is we do. You do it as a group. And then number three is you do. You do it on your own. And that's the homework. And we tend to follow this in the course when we go through some of the uh, frameworks and lessons that I teach. Um, You know, I'll show you how I did it in my business. Uh, Maybe we'll do an example as a group. And then your homework will be to apply it to your business and actually take action on it. Other thing that Chris highly recommended, which has informed, I think, one of the most fun parts of my course and the way that it differentiates from other people is I use this piece of software. This isn't from Chris, but 
the lesson is I use this piece of software called Butter to teach how to work less. And it is not like Zoom. It is a workshop software. So people usually use it to facilitate training sessions, live workshops, things like that. And one of the things Chris recommended was to spend as little time lecturing as possible and to basically break up your sessions into as small as five minute chunks where you're changing the context of what people are doing on a regular basis. So always having quick rapid fire exercises and limiting the amount of lecture time. So if you take my course, you know that one of the things that we do is we do like interactive quizzes, um, you know, like Q&A things, um, you know, I will go up and do a whiteboard session. I will then switch back over to the slides. We'll do some, you know, live questions with the group. And the idea here is that if you want to keep people engaged for a session that's an hour to an hour and a half long, you cannot just get in front of them and <laughs> lecture for the entire time. So when I'm teaching eight live lessons for the course, one of the things that I learned from Chris is the importance of keeping people engaged and actually doing it live. And that's why I picked this piece of software. So as things have gone, you know, I really went with Chris from learning, how do I build a personal brand? How do I tell my story? How do I create my niche? How do I sell a product? And then how do I improve the product and make sure that my students are getting incredible, incredible results? And over the course of these, this was six sessions. I went from essentially no Instagram account to over 100,000 followers, built an additional business, and this was all over the period of 18 months working with Chris. And the reason I bring that up is because when people talk to me and they say, hey, you know, I really want to build a business like this, but, you know, it just seems like a lot of work. Yes, there's a decent amount of work that you have to put in. But think about it this way. 18 months from now, time is going to pass one way or the other. <laughs> you know, when you come back here and you're listening to my podcast episode, oh geez, what's the math? I don't know, episode 80, and I'm still here talking about this stuff, you could be at the place where I was in 18 months with 100,000 followers and you know a personal brand or a business or some assets that actually work for you, or you could just do nothing. And for a long time, I did nothing until I started working with Chris, and then I realized, oh, I could do something. And I just posted every day, and stuff happened. So I hope that the insights from, you know, sessions one to three with Chris, which was the last episode about building the service business, and then sessions four to nine about building a personal brand and selling online products are helpful for you. Um, this is about $6,000 worth of coaching distilled down into 45 minutes. And uh, yeah, working with Chris has been insanely, insanely valuable. I'm really excited to do my final session with him that I've prepaid for. And uh, I will be sure to share those insights with you when the time comes. I'll probably do it if I had to guess. So we're going to run cohort five in September. So I'll probably book for him in October and we'll probably do a debrief and a business update and talk about next steps. Um, I haven't done a session or a podcast on this yet, but one of the things I want to talk about is how I plan things in my business and the way I sprint my, uh, set up my business is we do like three sprints a year where I have one to two important projects that I work on each sprint and then they're bookended by the live cohorts. So I'll circle back with Chris then and we'll do that. One other thing that really didn't fit into any 
important section in the <laughs> the story arc of these coaching lessons that I did want to share with you because I got this from Chris was um, Chris shared with me this one social media productivity tool that we use so much in my business and has literally saved me and my team tens of thousands of DMs. And if you're on social media, I think it works for Facebook and Instagram and maybe some other stuff. Highly recommend checking this out. Uh, it's called ManyChat. You've probably seen me or other people using it. When people tell you, and this isn't, this isn't an ad or anything. This is just, when I went through my notes, I was like, oh my God, Chris told me this. Uh, ManyChat is when people say like, hey, DM me the word systems and I'll send you my you know free course or whatever. Um, that's using this tool called ManyChat, which does IG DM automations. So we use this in my business to get people onto the email newsletter, to get them onto the wait list for how to work less, to get them onto um, signing up for my free course, Six Figure Solopreneur Systems, and uh, a couple of other things. And I cannot tell you how helpful it was. So that was a recommendation from Chris Doe. Shout out to him. If I didn't have this, oh my God, we'd be doing so much more work. So if you have an audience, check out ManyChat. Not an ad, just something that I remember from Chris. So that's it. When we do our next session, I'll let y'all know. I've got another fun episode planned next week on a different topic, but I hope these two episodes were really, really helpful. And uh, as always, a couple things you can do for me if you got value from this. Number one, take a minute, go on to whatever platform you're listening on to this onto, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, drop a five star and leave a review. It really helps me to get the word out about this. And if you want to work with me, we are about a month away, believe it or not, from cohort five of how to work less. If you are interested, you are self-employed and you want to design your business like I've designed mine as a lifestyle business where you are a business owner and not an employee in your own business, you can get on the wait list for how to work less cohort five right now, um, learn.howtoworkless.com. And if you're earlier on in your journey or you wanna just start the process a bit sooner, I do have a free email course, which is pretty awesome. It's called Six Figure Solopreneur Systems. And I basically break down some of the systems that I use in my business to remove myself from the day-to-day -day operations. You can check that out at startbuildingsystems.com. And either way, um, we have some ways right now that you can enroll early for the course. We actually are coming up on almost 30 people who have already signed up for cohort five, despite it being a month away from now. So we have some kind of insane backdoor discounts, but if you join one of those two things, you'll have the opportunity to check that out. But if you want to wait until the last minute, we always do enrollment week a week before cohort five. And uh, so that'll be kind of the last week of August into the first week of September. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll be back next week. Hope you enjoyed this. Give me a shout on social media. Let me know if you like this and I will see you all next week.